Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. And let me welcome back to the show. She is, of course, the Senior Vice President for Social Impact at MasterCard. Tina and I were having quite a lively conversation about the differences of the cards and everything, which she can actually, you know, give us. I think she's talked about it before. Let me welcome back to the show, Ms. Salah Goss. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm very happy to be back. Yes. So we were talking about when is MasterCard going to get a card that we can throw into the wall that's, you know, that's hard you know, one of those cards. We want it. All right. Um, before we get into what you've been doing, you've been traveling all over, just for people who may not have heard you the first, second, third time you've been on the show, second time. Uh, what does MasterCard do? Because I think there's confusion because some of us on our debit cards with our bank, has we even have a little MasterCard or another little symbol on there with a V. Um, what is it that you do and why is that interchangeable? Or is it? So we are, so I start off saying we are not a credit card company. We've actually never issued credit. We're the technology that allows you to stand in front of a merchant anywhere in the world, present your card and have that transaction go through. So we think of ourselves as a network and we're the technology that powers that network. Other companies run on similar networks as well. So when you can accept one card, you can usually accept all three. And that's the power of us coming together to make sure that um, payments and transactions are seamless, safe, and secure. Okay. I was um, watching CNBC because that's my daily routine. And they were talking about, you know, Apple Pay and Cash App and all of these, you know, Apple, because they were evaluating Apple and how it's uh, Apple Pay has blown up. And I was, I said, when Salah comes in, is that a direct competitor? Is what Apple doing? Oh, no, they're a partner. So the <gasps> same way we power those payments um, as well. What that allows you to do is pay with different devices, but still ultimately it's a network that has to be ubiquitous and secure. So they're not a competitor, they're a partner. How does that work? How do, so so you work, do you work with Cash App as well as Apple Pay, as well as Amazon Pay, as well as, or is it just app, you and Apple? So Cash App, I believe is connected to your, you can connect it to a bank account if you go through verification, if I'm not mistaken. If there's a card that you use from Cash App and if it has a MasterCard logo on it, then that means we work with Cash App as well. Okay. There's always a bank that we work with behind the scenes. Um, but if you can, if it's a MasterCard logo on it, you present it for payments, that's the network that I was talking about. Ah. Uh. Okay. All right. This, this is all fascinating. So as an investor, how do, how do we interact? Like, you know, like how do we invest? Cause I, I, I watch MasterCard and the other cards and where they are in the stock market. How does that work? If we're investing in MasterCard, what, what are we getting for that? But in terms of like, if you're, if so, if you want, and you want to invest in stocks, you have a stock portfolio, you decided to buy MasterCard stock. Right. All right. I'm, I'm going to ask this off mic because I, you know, I'm curious about your dividend, but I, I can do my own research. All right. 866-801-8255. That's not what you came. Go ahead, Cena. You have a question? Yeah. I just think, <laughs> I think there's an interesting thing here too, just to talk about payments and the payment processors and, and stuff in the network there. This is what uh, the crypto people are always talking about in crypto. There's like payment networks and stuff like that. Crypto was trying to solve a problem that never really existed 
when it comes to Visa, MasterCard and, you know, payment processors because they work very well. You can go to anywhere, use your MasterCard and it just works. No one's going to hack you. And if you do, you get a phone call from somebody in another part of the world. They're like, did you buy all this stuff? So I think I, I just kudos. I think it's probably you guys all at MasterCard are having a good laugh when the crypto markets all tank because you're saying we're just going to keep doing what we're doing then. I appreciate that. But, you know, there's there's ways to work with crypto also. Yeah. Look. And there's things that crypto can empower on the network that make it even more powerful. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And so I agree. It's secure. It works. Um, but we try to partner as much as possible because people need to pay for different things in different ways. Um, and we want to empower all of those and be as inclusive as possible. Look at that. So they are all things to all people. We're talking with the senior vice president of MasterCard, Social Impact. Um, you've been traveling uh, across the country. You just came back from Atlanta, Mississippi. Uh, and the goal is to address the racial wealth gap. Right. So if you remember, uh, Karen, the first time I was on here with the provost of Howard, it was to talk about what we call in solidarity. And that is our $500 million five-year pledge to start with to help do what we can toward uh, narrowing the racial wealth and opportunity gap. So as part of that, we've picked seven cities to start that work in. So what we do at least once a year is we show up as we call it as a all, all of MasterCard, descend upon the city, our executives come, and we really um, try to highlight the partnerships that we have toward this work. So for example, um, Birmingham just had the World Games. And so in the World Games, we took the opportunity to set up a marketplace in the Civil Rights District because it was just the World Games uh, marketplace. Although there's an executive at World Games, Kathy, fantastic, who helped us do this. So smaller and micro and Black-owned businesses could be part of World Games. We set, up a, we set up a satellite marketplace in the Civil Rights District. We trained them how to use digital payments, talking about digital payments. And we also set up a campaign so any cardholder in the U.S., who, who made a transaction in Birmingham at a registered Black-owned business got 20% off automatically. Wow. So that was trying to be a direct contributor um, and have those, those, those businesses benefit, not only from all the, all the benefits that come from digital payments, but actually getting 20% back from us from any uh, transaction that was made. So we have been all over. We were in uh, St. Louis before then. Um, doing something similar with the mayor of St. Louis. We gave uh, $10,000 to a Black-owned business that won a contest we had with Fearless Fund. We did a small business roundtable. So this is us trying to, we have year-long programming, but showing up and saying, this is the impact we're trying to make. So it allows us to form new relationships or even double down on those that we have um, already supporting Black-owned small businesses um, and consumers as well. So it's us kind of getting out of the office and actually touching and feeling the work and figuring out how to be relevant and be proximate and still have an impact. What did you learn while you were out there? Because, you know, you make a decision to do something. You don't necessarily yeah. know if it's going to work. You don't necessarily right. know if it's going to work for years, maybe, you know, what the impact is, because impact takes a minute to, you know, foment what did you yeah. learn while you were physically out in those in those streets? It was illuminating. So I think two big things. So I think I talked about before, we always work through partners. So we're not going to know everything. We're not going to be closest. So there's partners we have in the, in the city. So it just like knocked me over the head even more how important these partners are. 
they will know and see stuff that we never will. And they've worked with black businesses and the black community for a long time. So just like praise to our partners. But the second thing a way a small business said it was without the programs that we were doing through our partners, they would never even be at the table. And that kind of struck me because I think we take for granted the voices that we hear and the people who actually get uh, exposure through the programs that we do. We're talking with Salah Goss, uh, Senior Vice President, MasterCard, Social Impact um, is the area. $500 million MasterCard pledged. Now, um, is that like when when you go to Jerry's, uh, (laughs) you know, you make pledges, is is it a pledge or is it physical money? And then how did you determine who got what and why? All good questions. So it is actual spend. A big part of that is going to come from supplier diversification. So we th- I think we have over 7,000 uh, vendors that we buy from regularly. So there's a big effort to make those vendors uh, black, black businesses. Uh, if you think about the amount of money that MasterCard puts out in terms of suppliers. So that was a big part of it. And then we had to make a decision in where we thought it would come from through, from other parts. And so we looked at where we could show up authentically and where we actually had something to offer. And so you'll hear me talking about small business. We do a lot with small business and have a fantastic small business team and expertise. So we decided that one of the things we're going to do is support and grow Black businesses. The other thing that we do is financial inclusion. So with using our network, figuring out how can we have more and more people included in the financial system, because we know historically and structurally, it has not always been as inclusive. So we look on, look, work with financial inclusion and financial literacy. And then where I sit in the center, we decided we were going to do a certain amount of grants, philanthropic giving. And what we're actually doing now, it's funny you ask this, is going through an exercise. We're going to start to say, okay, we're two years in. What have we done? Has it had the best impact? What can we do differently? Uh, Because we have some lessons learned too. So I think it's always evolving. And I keep coming back, it's not like a broken record, but listening to the organizations that we fund, like the Urban League, like working with the mayor, like the incubators that we work with the small business and continuously figuring out what the needs are, I think is, is what we owe the work. When you make a decision to partner, um, what goes into that? How do you determine this over that, this organization definitely? That's a tough one. Um, and I don't know that anyone has it completely figured out. I think maybe it starts with strategic alignment. There's always due diligence, as you know well, um, and a track record. And then going and spending time and sitting with them, talking to the, the communities that they aim to impact. I think it's all of that. And I think what we like to do is kind of test and learn. So we might start small. We might start with a year partnership. And if it works out, turn into three. I think we are smart enough to know what we don't know. And while we can do all those things, I think really having a continuous feedback loop and saying when you got it wrong or doubling down when you got it right, I think is really what we're trying to do. I've been uh, sitting here, it'll be eight years in October. And one of the things I wanted to do was bust through the rhetoric and the noise of, you know, corporate uh, speak. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to we're targeting closing the wealth gap and we're, you know, trying to bring racial harmony. You know, remember, Starbucks wanted us to have a conversation around race. And it's like, 
we need action items that are going to, you know, that we will be able to hold companies accountable. I feel like a lot of things that are done, there's no accountability because it's, it's like it's a word salad, you know, and it sounds good. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to close the wealth gap? Who wouldn't want to bring racial harmony? But how do we actually determine if it's working, right? So, you know, sitting here, it's like, how do we hold companies accountable for the things that they say they want to do as opposed to the checkbox, you know, well, right. we've, we've, we've given this amount of money to HBCUs, you know, cause a lot of people are given to HBCUs, but is that money actually changing the trajectory of education, of inclusion of, of black folk in the workplace? Like how do we measure success? It's going to sound maybe too simple, but I think it's how we measure anything else in business. We have a way, whether it's a PL, whether it's um, return on investment, there's a way, there's measurements that aren't a mystery. I think part of the re- reason that it hasn't been measured is because it hasn't been well defined up front. People feel good about it and walk away. Um, but I think maybe one thing that's different this time around is that there are independent bodies holding companies accountable, um, which I hopefully is making them hold themselves more accountable. So I know, at least for us, we have metrics we track. We have a measurement framework. As I said, we're about to go through an exercise to kind of say, could what, what did we do and did it have the most impact and should we have done something else? So for us, it's very serious. Maybe it's different because we're a publicly traded company. But when we say something, we have to keep good to it and we need to measure it and hold ourselves accountable. And it feels like, I mean, I know we've been here before many times, but at least it feels like this time other companies are taking um, a similar approach. But I think we measure, how we measure it is we actually measure it. We put a framework in place and we follow it through. We know how to do it in other areas. There's no reason why we can't do it here. I agree. I agree. And I think consumers need to be better consumers too. We need to be more conscientious conscientious of where we put our dollars and who's really doing the work in the community. And that's one of the things I'm going to double down on in 2023 as we leave the midterms and start to actually have to deal with the fallout from that Harvard shakes. Um, how can we support you and how does the average person listening support the efforts that you're doing? It's a great question. We need all the support we can get. I think one of the things we talk about a lot is scale. Um, how do we scale and how do we be most efficient? So for example, if we have um, a target of reaching Black-owned small businesses, we can work with the Chamber of Commerce, we can work with uh, bankers associations to work with Black banks, but one to many is what I'm interested in. So if anyone listening, for example, has a platform that connects with Black-owned businesses, I'd love to be in touch with them. We have curriculum that's free. We have financial literacy that is robust. Anyone can go right now to digitaldoors.com to look at our literacy for um, companies, it teaches you how to get online, it teaches you how to digitize. But the more partnerships I think we have with organizations actually doing the work that we can support, the better. Um, So I don't know how that works, Karen, how people get in touch with me, but organizations working with uh, Black-owned businesses doing financial literacy, working in the cities we're in, we'd love to talk to them to see if we can have a partnership to support the good work that they're doing. So are you, I know you might, you must be familiar because you listen to the show with buyfromablackwoman.org and the work yes. uh, that they're doing. Is that the kind of organization that you're looking at that corrals, you know, or uh, the, uh, there's a Black Wall Street app or whatever that has a bunch of black owned businesses. Right, or under- Blap, or Blap, there is, yes. 
That's John Laster, uh, comedian yes. who, yeah, we're in partnership with here uh, as well. But yeah. So those platforms that reach many more than my team can reach on their own, interested in. We also have a program called Start Path. That's quite old. I think it's a 40-year-old program. The secret sauce to Start Path is one, it's for entrepreneurs, uh, tech entrepreneurs, fintech, although we're trying to widen it, widen it a bit. But the secret sauce to that is once you get through the program, you're a partner with MasterCard and you're expected to do business with MasterCard, which can be game changing for entrepreneurs. So under In Solidarity, we started a track. We have a, we have a, a crypto track we were talking about. We have a women entrepreneurs track. So we just started a track for black founders and made it a little bit earlier because we know angel investment doesn't work the way often uh, in black communities as it does in others. And so I'm also looking for a pipeline of black founder fintech companies as well. So I'm putting that call out there also. All right. Uh, y'all can follow her at Salah, S-A-L-A-H, M as in Mary, Goss, G-O-S-S on the Twitters. I know you're on Twitter. Do you respond to people when they at you? Yes, I will okay. respond. I will okay. do better. All right. All right. <laughs> I so, will respond. All right. And where are you headed next? You just got from Atlanta, got back from Atlanta. Where's the next place? So we just got back from Birmingham, Birmingham. and St. Louis. Atlanta is actually next. And I'm oh. excited about this because Spelman and Morehouse are our grantees. So we were one of the people who gave to HBCUs, but specifically to start an entrepreneurship center. So with our funding and our partnership, and I talked about our amazing small business team, a curriculum has been developed for entrepreneurship. So whether you're in media or in liter- literature, math, you can have an entrepreneurial venture within those tracks. So this teaches you how to be entrepreneurial. It is um, going to be a minor, I'm getting it right at Morehouse and online at Spelman. And so when we go there, we're gonna do programming around those two schools, Clark Atlanta as well, financial literacy fair. We're having what we call the HBCU block party. Our executives are coming. We're doing um, master classes. And so I think it'll be fun, but also very uh, educational. And so I'm really excited about that one. That is September 13th through the 16th. So that's where I'm headed next. So if anyone has children at Morehouse of Spelman or you are there yourself, because we have quite a few young people listening, uh, they'll see you on campus. and See us in the football field. Come by, say hello, learn some financial literacy, hear from some MasterCard executives recruiters it'll be a good time all right i look forward i'm not gonna be there but i'll be there in spirit. i was gonna say karen you need to come cena okay. too all right let's, to... let's talk off mic maybe maybe <laughs> yes. you can get me there we'll see karen will fly me anywhere in the country for this. i will i will yeah. on my broom on my broom sir. <laughs> all right <laughs> oh stop it okay I, cena makes me laugh so uh <laughs> that that just happened uh salah m goss follow her she is the senior vice president of social impact at mastercard she'll be back of course thank you for being here today appreciate you thank you so much thank you oh. it's always a pleasure hey this is karen hunter you can listen to the karen hunter show live every monday through friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.